We are here with Sharon Stoker, and she has been in the ward for how long? About 50 years. 50 years. And we have coming up, we're just 60 years as a ward. So I'm looking for the people that have been here to have this history. And Sharon is... She has a certain spot that she always sits at church. So tell us about that. Well, when we first moved in, we had two little girls, and our our little son had been born. And he was about uh, just a little over a year old. And there was only one other baby in the ward. Because everyone was older or younger? Uh Oh, older. The primary, I think there were a total of 50 kids in the primary total that was it i think now it's less though oh really we don't have very many well you're gonna have a whole lot in the nursery soon Mm -hmm. because well look at all the babies and the the one and two year olds in sacrament meeting okay yeah i mean sacrament meeting in our ward for years was very very quiet it isn't anymore yeah we have (laughs) because the younger ones are moving in Mm -hmm. but uh yeah and uh but you sit in the same bench. Well, I was. We were sitting a little more forward because we just had the two girls okay. in the one, and uh, we hadn't been here. I don't think we were here much more than six months, and Steve was called to be in the stake, a stake executive secretary, because the one that was um, in the stake presidency had been in our state previously, so he knew Steve. And so I called him to be executive secretary on the stake. Well, that meant I was along with the kids, and I was pregnant. And so I thought, okay, I've got to do something. So we started sitting on that back bench because I could stand up and hold the baby and keep everybody quiet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that's what I did. And we ended up with six kids, and he was in the stake almost constantly that whole time. Wow. In fact, when he was called as bishop, some other people were saying, who are you? Who is that? <laughs> That's so funny. They didn't even know. They're probably like, who is she married? Well, and some people came up to me afterwards and said, they always thought that my husband was inactive and I was really quite something to bring all these kids to church by myself. Oh, my gracious. <laughs> so how did six of you fit on that little row? There is, it's fine. Like right now we have two. You almost four. have that many, huh? Yeah. We do that right now. And when they were just little, so there wasn't a problem. That's true. Yeah, But that's, I sat there so I could keep them quiet. And uh, I was glad when our oldest daughter got old enough to take some of them that weren't t- too little out. Because mm-hmm. she would take them out and get them settled down and everything. And my rule was they had to go to a classroom further down the hall from the chapel. So if they were crying or anything, they wouldn't disturb everybody in the chapel anyway. Or if it was nice weather, go outside. Mm. But the other rule was they couldn't let them down and play. They had to sit on their lap until they were quiet enough to come back into church. And then they had their, their paper and their crayons and things, and they could then play with that. But I thought, I'm not going to make out. And I remember this when I was, <clears throat> uh, before we had any children, there was a lady in our ward. They had quite a few kids. And uh, soon as the bishop or whoever was conducting the youngest one would just start crying and you know, whining and everything else. So Dad would pick her up and take her, stand at the back door, back of the chapel. And she'd settle down. As soon as he started walking up, she'd, he'd stop there and boy, she'd up when her whining again and crying until he put his hand, put the hand on the door, quiet, and out they went. I thought, okay, she's got her dad trained. And I thought, no, I'm not going to let my kids do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. just something I picked up a long time ago from watching others. And I thought, 
But so the rule was they had to sit on my lap and until they could stop crying and then they could go back in. Yeah. And we always we always had Cheerios or something for them to eat. That was when you had the <clears throat> the three different meetings. Quite often we had sacred meeting at one o'clock. And you'd have Sunday school and then a priesthood and Sunday school and then sacrament meeting. And it would seem like I'd just barely gotten home and got them up from a nap. It was time for sacrament meeting and they didn't have much to eat, so we'd feed them something quick. And then I found after a while Cheerios weren't quite enough. So we started having what we called cheesy bites. We'd just slice up some cheese a little thicker and cut them into little cubes. And they'd eat that. We found those weren't as messy as Cheerios. Wow. There you go. <laughs> and it worked cheesy very well. Bite, cheesy bites. Yeah. I like so, it. So yeah. tell me about your fa- your background, uh, a little bit about growing up and where you <laughs> lived. And you, I, I knew you mentioned that you lived in Wisconsin before this. Is that where you're from? Nope. Um, Steve grew up in Salt Lake. I grew up out on the Cottonwood area. Uh, okay, both of you are some friends Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with Salt Lake or not, but I lived about 5,600 south and Highland Drive, okay. just off of Highland Drive. And that's where I lived my whole life. That's where I grew up. I went to all the schools out there. I went to Oakwood Elementary. Um, um, I was trying to remember the name of the junior high now. It slipped my mind. Um, and Granite High School. Highland Drive was the division between... Olympus High and Granite High. I lived on the west side of Highland Drive. Most of my friends lived on the east side of Highland Drive. So they all went up to the other school, uh, to Olympus High, and I went to Granite High, but there were about three or four of us that did. But I really liked it down out there. And What took you to Wisconsin? Uh, when we got married, uh, when we were, Stephen is in last year up at, uh, um, <clears throat> up at the University of Utah, and I still had a year to go. And uh, At the U? You were uh, also at the U, and you uh, met uh, there? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, actually, we were a blind date. He has, had twin sisters, and they wanted him to start dating because he was a pain at home after he got home from his mission. How so? They teased, they, he teased him constantly. Oh, that's funny. So I had known, got to know his sisters when I was in the Institute, and so one of them called me and said, Our brother's home from a mission. Would you go on a blind date with him? I thought, oh, not another blind date. I just, I thought, I can't. I don't want another blind date unless I love And then I said, I'm sorry, but I'm leaving in a couple of days to fly to, up to Washington uh, to see the, a friend of mine lives up there, and I'm going up to visit them and uh, see the World's Fair that was up there at the time. Whew, I got off that one. And then you did it anyway. Well, then she, they called back after I got home. Oh, and you hit it off your first date or no? Oh, no. Okay. My philosophy always was I would give everybody a second date because first dates are yep. horrible. Yep. And so we went. It, it was okay. It wasn't anything spectacular. Or you weren't anything. like, this is a man I'm going to no, marry. The, and I, I thought, well, if he calls back, I'll go again. And so he did call, and I went again. And it was a much better date. And so we, we eventually started dating, and we got married. But uh, uh, the... We got married. Got engaged that last year that he was a senior, and I wanted to finish school. So, but he got accepted as a graduate student at the University of Wisconsin in Madison, 
And so he went there. So I knew when I got married, I was moving to Madison, Wisconsin. Wow. <laughs> and that's what we did. What did you study? Pardon? What, what did, did I, you study at the U? I, uh, education and uh, uh, business. And were you a teacher? I had a teaching certificate, uh-huh. but I never used it. Because back there in Wisconsin, so many teachers were back there. You didn't, the chances of you getting a job teaching within city limits was about zero percent. And I really didn't want to drive miles out into the country to go to some of the small towns where you could possibly get a job. So I just applied at the university for a secretarial job because I had all that training too. And I was hired. Yeah. And so we lived in married student housing and they had a bus that would take pick us up and take us down to campus and we didn't have to worry about buying parking passes or anything like that and it was free par- it was free bus for us so it was very nice we really liked it there and i i did not mind the winters at all i really liked the winters what isn't it freezing uh, freezing oh, cold there oh yes uh, 20 below is nothing Ugh. unusual. And you were okay with that. You're I, a hardy woman. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I've always liked winter better. Ugh. I don't like summer. I can't stand the heat. Oh. Well, I've changed since then. Though the last two years, oh. I'm cold all the time. <laughs> oh. But I did realize when I got there, and the first winter, I thought, oh, my gosh. I'd taken my long winter coat and everything, and I'd worn it one day, and it was not warm enough. I thought, what am I going to do? Because, I mean, we would, he was a T.A., a teaching assistant, so that was the money we lived on. It wasn't a lot. That wasn't a lot. And uh, I thought, okay. I came home one day from, from work, and I thought, okay. I took my coat, tore the lining out, put it on some paper, taped paper together to make a pattern so I could make new lining, went down to the fabric store and bought the warmest lining I could buy. Made new lining and put it. I'd taken a tailoring class, so I knew what I was doing. I was doing. gonna say, you know how to sew then. Yes, did I, you make clothes for you, uh, often, or I just... d- I did periodically. For somebody who sews, I cannot take this pattern and this fabric and put them together. I can't picture that. I just I never have been able to, and I've only had one total disaster, mm. and it was <laughs> the blouse I made when I first learned how to sew the fab. The fabric and the pattern really didn't go well together. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought for all the sewing I've done, and that to be the only real disaster. That's pretty I thought, good. I was very blessed. Yes. <laughs> uh, I did a lot of sewing for the kids, especially when they were little. And then when our oldest was graduating from seminary, she wanted a new dress really badly. And uh, I was trying to think what the dresses were called. They were, a pair, they were a kind of a light beige cotton dresses with lots of lace on them. Gunny sack? No. No? It was made before that. Yeah. And I, oh, I tried to think what they were called. But she wanted one. I says, okay, let's go down and pick out a pattern. And she did, and I had the fabric. And so and then we just bought the trim, and I made it for her. And it was one of her favorite dresses, and it turned out beautifully. Wow. But I couldn't really picture it. I, I struggle with that, too. It's a skill. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, and one that I did not have well. Yeah. But it seemed to, I somehow hid that well, and it came out okay most of the time. Yes. But yeah, the kids always always like to have me make dresses for them. And that's when girls wore dresses all the time to school. And uh, and I was always patching the youngest one's knees. They'd wear out their Le- Levi's. Uh-huh. And when they were little, I'd always make little little bunnies or little dogs or something on for their patches. 
Cute. And but as they got older, they just wanted square patches. <laughs> uh-huh. Wow. But yeah. So. But, and you had seven. Uh huh. The the. Let's see. What would have been our our fourth? Uh, he only lived four days. He was born way way too early. Oh wow. And he only made it four days. So. Never got to raise that one yet. Mm-hmm. That one's waiting for us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so we had six living kids. That's right. And they all live pretty close. They all live uh-huh. in Utah. So they come, right. And they're always here, right? They're always taking care of you, coming to visit you. Uh-huh. They've always done that. In fact, <clears throat> when they first started getting married, I thought, oh, how, you always hear about, oh, splitting vaca- uh, Christmas and Thanksgiving and stuff. How are we going to work this? And so when our first one got married, wasn't a problem because his family lived in California <laughs> and they didn't go there very often. So there wasn't, but when our second one got married, they, they, their family lived a little bit closer. And so we just decided, okay, we're going to make this year is everybody's year. Next year is married families. You go see your in-laws. And that has worked for us for all of, all of the kids' times they were married. Wow. And it has and. In fact, this is supposed to be our year to have everybody for Thanksgiving. And all the kids said, Mom, you're not having Thanksgiving at your house this year. So I don't know what we're doing this year. Wow. Did <laughs> and, you raise them in this home? And you lived this home the entire time you lived in Utah? Uh, no, we lived uh, in a duplex over on um, 35th Street, just below Harrison when we first moved here. Okay. And that was really close because Steve would even walk up to university once in a while. Mm. And we had our two daughters there. We had one when we moved here. And then we had our second one shortly after we moved here. And then Scott, our third one, was still fairly little when we started looking for a house. We needed, we knew that we needed something bigger than a two bedroom apartment. (laughs) (laughs) And we found this house and so so we've lived here. we lived in the apartment for about five years, and then we moved here. Oh, wow. So, yeah. You have seen a lot in the ward, I'm sure. Uh, as my husband's been trying to find a pamphlet that the lady who lived next door to us had written, uh, giving a brief history of every one of the bishops, because she, had, she, was, she knew every one of them from the very first bishop. Wow. And so, and he knows he's got it someplace, but do you think we can find it? He has a lot of paper. Are you also a saver? Do you also do a lot of family history work? And... I do some. I don't okay. do as much as he does. But uh, um, my one daughter the other day, she says, Mom, I finally realized how come you have so many accountants in your family. She says, both you and your dad are number people. <laughs> and you are? Organized, yeah. Very much number person. In fact, I debated going into accounting when I was in the university. <laughs> Oh, that's nice. But a lot of women didn't go into accounting. They went into teaching. So that teaching or nursing, I thought, yeah, I think I'd better be a teacher rather than a nurse. Yeah. Oh, that's that's So that's how I But she says, both you and and dad are just very organized, uh, very numbered person and everything. And uh, I just, yeah, I guess you're right. We are. Is it is good at are you good at math? I'm okay at math. I'm not spectacular at math, but I was always in the upper classes. Nice. Okay. Were, I didn't really enjoy math per se, but I liked working with numbers for different reasons. Huh. And so yeah. 
But Steve is very good at math. Bet he's got two grandkids who are just dying right now because they, he can't help them with their math. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But. So um, tell me, you've been a Relief Society president, right? And and you've served a lot in the um, church and in our mm-hmm. ward. Yep. Almost fifty years here. Wow. So, what do you have any memories um, that, or favorite calling or something that you enjoyed? <laughs> I can tell you the one calling I hoped I never would get, which is <laughs> oh yeah, and that was to be a Cub Scout master or not just a Cub Scout leader. And I, and I was my youngest one. I've gone into scouting. He was no young, no longer Cub Scout. I thought maybe I've gotten past it. Nope. I was called as cub cub leader. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and how'd it go? It went okay. It was not my favorite calling, and it was okay. And I had a good bunch of kids and stuff, so we had a good time. But I've never been so glad to get released from a calling in my life as I was with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Which one did you enjoy the most? I I liked all of them. I I don't know if you uh, a long time ago on on, uh, on Sundays on Sunday school. They had a, oh, I was trying to think what the late, uh, there was a woman that was always called as the junior, junior Sunday school coordinator. That was the only calling I never had. You had every other one. I've had, I've taught in young women. I've been in the president. I've been counselors. I've been secretary. I've been the relief society, the same thing. And yeah, just live ward librarian. I kind of live ward librarian. That was kind of fun. Because that way I'd get to see everybody. Because uh-huh. a lot of people would come and get, especially the younger kids, would come and check out the scriptures. And uh, we kept losing scriptures like crazy. And finally I thought, I wonder if I can find something that I can mark them with. Because you can't use a black marker on a black scripture. And I was looking around one of the office supply stores, and I saw a white marker. So I bought it and tried it, and it worked. <laughs> And it didn't rub off, it didn't peel off, it just did work, just like a black marker. So we numbered all of the scriptures. And when you checked them out, they had to... Her numbers came in handy. Yes, here again, uh uh-huh. And uh, the kids would have to give us their name, and then we'd write down if they took the Book of Mormon, the Triple, or the Bible, or whatever, and then the number. And we never lost any after that. They always brought them back, or we could find them on a chair in one of the classrooms or something, because they always came back. Because they knew that they would, it was March. Somebody would know it belonged in the library. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, and I can remember organizing when the ward library library used to be over where uh, where the young women's room is, and the, and it was just about the size of it, a little bit larger than a classroom, and it was really small. But it was just it was overflowing with everything, and so when they built the stakes that take part on the chapel. They extended it a little bit and built the new library. And uh, it was really nice to move into that. But I remember asking them one day when they took all the librarians on it in to see what was there and everything. And I looked around and I thought, we used to have big, tall wooden easels. I thought, where am I going to put those easels? There wasn't a place that was you could put them. And I said, um, where did you plan on this putting our easels? And the guy that was in charge says, oh, you have bigger easels than this? I said, yeah, we have full-size floor easels, about six of them. He said, oh, 
okay, we'll take these shelves out over here. <laughs> <laughs> and they fit there. So that's where they would fit. And uh, But yeah, it was really nice to get that. But it's, everything was always so mixed up and everything. And they were just really getting a good start on uh, having videos. And people would say, I need this video, but I don't know, you know, exactly what it's called. And so I was always looking, trying to figure out where it was until I figured out a system to do it. I put those that were for adults and put them in a section here and the young kids primary down here and the young women and, and young men over here. So that way then I knew kind of a better idea of how to look and it wasn't such a mess to try and find them. But yeah. And did you know Jessie Mae Foster? Yes. Oh, yes. She was my my assistant librarian for quite a while. And she she... She says, yes, I'm here to get all the pictures down here, and she does all the things up here. Oh, right, because she's shorter. <laughs> she's so short. <laughs> but she, she was a lot of fun. I always had fun with her. I bet. But, Tell um, me about, what do you have a favorite scripture or a scripture that you particularly love? Right there on the wall. What is it? I can't read it. As for me and my house, we will follow, follow the Lord. I can't remember. We'll serve the Lord. We'll serve the Lord. Is yeah. that in Jacob? I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I read my scriptures, but I'm not much remembering where they come from. And my second one is, uh, uh, in Second Nephi, I will go and do what the Lord has commanded, for he gives no commandments, and God provideth the way. So those are my two favorite scriptures. And for some reason, I know where, where that one comes from, at least in Second Nephi. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the first part, but yeah. <laughs> right. And those are my two, but uh, yeah, those are my two favorite scriptures, and... I'm trying to figure out, my kids gave me the Alexa, uh-huh. and we finally got internet that will cover it. We used to have just that dial-up internet. Oh, that was so bad. <laughs> they gave it to me, oh, several years ago. And it was just so that when I'd get in bed, I could say, turn off the lights. I didn't have to, oh, I forgot to turn off the hall light or something. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it wouldn't, because the internet wasn't good enough. So I just tucked away. And then we finally got better internet. And so I got it out and they set it up. And every time I try to get on it to read my scriptures or anything, uh, it goes and says, I can't, I can't remember exactly what it says. I can't make contact right now, try later. In other words, too many people are on it. And so I can't, so I can't, I don't know what time of day to try it. It doesn't <laughs> I, work. I got it so I could read my scriptures. It would read to you. To, so I could, yeah, so they could do that. I have never used my Alexa for that. Yeah, that's crazy. That's, yeah, I've never yeah. thought of that. She See, I, can't, I can't read anymore. Uh-huh. Your eyesight's too bad to read, oh, so my. you just want to hear it. Yeah. And so, oh. and, and, and the other one was so I could read, you know, the Sunday school lesson in advance. Because I, I can't, I just don't read anymore. And that's been one of my favorite things. To, I, I'm a reader. I was happy. Uh, well, you saw my husband's library. Yes. Well, I have one, two, three, four, five bookcases that size or bigger down in my office. And then I have two half-size bookcases, one in my bedroom and one downstairs in my office. And I had... And that one used to be in the hall, at the end of the hall. But we can't get a walk or anything into the bedroom down there. You have to sidestep if you have a walker to get in. Um. <laughs> and so 
my grandkids they came one day and said, we're moving your bookcase, Grandma. And that's where they put it. <laughs> that's perfect. Well, it's not my favorite spot for it. I had planned on putting it there, but I, that, it'll work, so I'll leave it there for a while. Yeah, you have quite the collection. If you guys, I mean, if everyone could see all the books this family has. Oh. You love <laughs> books, I could tell. Uh, yeah. Well, it's interesting. Our oldest daughter, her husband was in scouting for, for many years when they were first married. And anytime you did move, the scouts, uh, people always come and help box up and move it. And they just used to hate to come to their house because she has books. And they're heavy. Boxes of books. And it always says, oh, no, we've got to move all those books again. <laughs> yeah, she has a lot of books. So I, I, Wait, who has a lot of books? Our you. oldest daughter. Oh, your oldest daughter yeah. has a lot of books. She has even more books So she learned from you and her dad. Uh-huh, yep. Got it. In fact, all the kids... The only way we could get them to sit on the potty chair long enough to learn to do anything was we'd always have a few little books next to their potty chair. And they'd sit there reading. Uh-huh. <laughs> to this day, I think I'll read on the potty <laughs> to this day. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But yeah, they, uh, but yeah, but that's how, and in the car, uh, car seats were such, they were so different than they are now. Uh, you could hook them in with the seat belt, but they always sat up about this high above the, base of the seat because the metal part of the car seat would go back here under the seat and so everybody all had their own little stack of books under their car seats. Oh that's cute. <laughs> I could just... yeah. So they always read in the car and everything like that and so that uh, they've all became quite very good readers. In fact uh, when our own son was in high school he was the worst one as far as using his ability in school. He got okay grades, but he just never really put forth the effort. In fact, he was doing so poorly in this one English class. Uh, I think it was his senior year. The teacher sent a home note to all the parents that the kids were supposed to pick out a book that had at least this many pages, and but it had to be approved by the teacher. And they were this was their free reading, so it could be any book they wanted, but she had to approve of it. And when they were finished, they had to be ready to write a book review on it and turn it in. <clears throat> and so our one son, they're all readers. He picked out um, a paperback that was about this thick. And I knew he'd like it, just because of who the author was. I don't remember who it was now, but I knew he'd like it. And so we sent it to school, and the teacher sent a note back, says, yes, he has my permission to read this book, however, he probably will not finish it in the time allotted. So if he gets halfway through it, he can write the book review on that. He came home and he read it. And he had his whole book finished and his book report turned in before the, the rest of them even got ready to start writing their book report. And that teacher just... She was shocked. Oh, she was so shocked. <laughs> she said the note home, she says, I didn't think he'd ever read it all the way through. I said, oh, it's one of his favorite authors. Yeah, he, he it was a, a couple inches thick, like a really yeah, thick book. It was book. thick. Yeah, and yeah. how old was he? He was senior in high school. Yeah. <laughs> because, oh, <coughs> oh excuse me. Um, he also um, really fouled up the science teacher in junior high. The science teacher had both of his sisters and everything, and uh, they all had to... They were all expected to do a science fair project. Oh, I hated those. 
They were a lot of work for the parents, huh? They were a pain in the neck. Yeah. And uh, and he decided on that he would do one, and he, but he always wondered how come he was so much taller. All of our kids are tall, but the boys are really tall. All of the kids his age were so much smaller than he was, especially in seventh grade. By the time the ninth grade came, they were starting to catch up with him. So he um, he had a his science fair project was to interview I can't remember so many seventh graders, so many eighth graders, so many ninth graders, and find out how tall they had been when they started and how tall they were now, so they could actually see if that was true that he was so much taller than all of them, and then he put it on a, a science fair project and everything, and the teacher always said anybody who gets at the science fair and goes to Weber State will get an automatic A. And so <clears throat> he he did his science fair, and it went from the high junior high to the uh, to the um, to the the district, and ended up at Weber State. All oh, that teacher, because he was not Pat, he was getting a D. But he got an A. And he got an A instead. That's great. That you... teacher had to amend from that because the rest of the kids that had him, no, you didn't get an automatic A. You got two think grade higher than what your grade would be. Oh, <laughs> couldn't go from a D to an A. Uh-huh. Oh, I don't know. The, the, he really gave the teachers a bad time with that. Yeah, sounds um, like some smart kids. Oh, yeah, our, our, another one of our sons. I was PTA president over the elementary school, and so he kind of grew up over there because uh, he wasn't quite old enough to go to school yet. So I would, when I'd go up to go over, he went with me, and uh, he knew the principal, he knew the secretary, he knew where all the kids' classes were, he knew where the, he knew where all of them were. He wow. knew that school backwards and forwards. Which school you went to? No, H. Guy Child. Oh, okay. Uh, here we did not go to Uinta. Glassman was the dividing line. Okay. From there on, they went up to Uinta, and we went to H. Guy Child. And so when he started kindergarten, he was so upset he couldn't go that first day of school because in kindergarten, the first half of the alphabet goes the first day, the second half of the alphabet goes the second day. Uh-huh. He was so ticked off that he couldn't get to go to school that day. Oh, he was he was almost more than I could handle when the kid, after everybody left. And I finally explained, well, he says, I said, that's because you already know the school, so you don't need quite so much time to learn it. Okay. <laughs> oh, that made him feel better. <laughs> yeah, but he just, that's all. what he always did. He just uh, drove his teachers nuts. And uh, I think he was about third grade. You know, when you finish your math assignment, they have extra math assignments or whatever it is that you can do. He'd always finish his math assignment, or any of his assignments. He'd finish before anybody else. And he always got... And he ended up finishing all the extra work that he had. The one teacher was just, she didn't know what to do with him. He was finished with everything. everything She finished up all the extra. And so finally she asked that the computers were only for the fifth and sixth grades. And she checked with them and she says, is there any way he can come up when he finishes everything you've got and learn to use the computers? (laughs) And they agreed. Nice. So... Every day he was down at the computer, learning to the computer. Is he in computers now? Nobody can sure fix them if you need them. Okay. <laughs> yes, that's good. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I'm going to ask you one more thing. I would like to know what's your favorite principle, the gospel or testimony piece uh, that's your, you know, that you like, like want to share or an experience even. I think one of them, because we now have two waiting for us in heaven or up, you know, in the paradise or hopefully not prison, (laughs) spirit prison, but the fact that Families are eternal, and I will always get to see those. Because family means a lot to you. Yes, it does. I can tell. It, it really means a lot. Like on Christmas, <laughs> we just had our family picture taken the end of June, first part of July, because that's when our one married grandson who lives over in Colorado was going to be here. And so we arranged to have our family picture taken. I, I, they went up the canyon. I don't exactly, I think it was East Canyon, if I recall. And we got out there a little later than everybody else did. And we got out of the car, and then I saw all those people standing around. And I thought, oh, my heck, how do we get them all our house? <laughs> when they were all out there in the open where I could see all of them at once. I thought, oh. But every Christmas, we have breakfast here at 10 o'clock. And everybody comes, and uh, everybody brings something. And then we either have waffles with strawberries and whipping cream or we have crepes with apples. Yum. And then we have you know hash browns and cinnamon rolls and fruit and bacon and sausage. Do you make a lot of it, or everyone the, pitches in to cook it? I only, love that. The only thing we do is, <clears throat> if we have the apple crepes, Steve makes has all the apples and cooks them the day before. So they're just being reheated that morning. And I make the crepes the day before. Mm. And then Steve would, always does all the bacon. The best thing that ever happened was then they got, you can go down to Costco and buy that already cooked bacon. And oh, I love that. It. Yeah, we have all that. All that has saved a lot of time. Yeah. But that, yes. that is all that I make is that. That's great that and, everyone pitches yeah. in. How many people when you all get together? About 47. 47? Wow. You can get 47 in here? Mm-hmm. I, I bet that makes a lot of great memories yeah. for your grandchildren. Yeah. We That's have, amazing. We have to move our furniture. This couch goes clear to the back. Mm-hmm. This table is out, mm-hmm. and that one goes back as far as we can. And uh, we have the tree here. And so, yeah. But when they were littler, they didn't take up so much room. <laughs> right. <laughs> but now they take up a lot of room. They've spilled out into the hallway and into the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, it sounds like it's fun to be your mm-hmm. your grandchild or, or yeah, your right. son. They all, they all really like to come. And, uh, yeah, they really have a lot of fun. And I spent all of December wrapping Christmas presents. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> you know, it was in- interesting. The way our family room was right beneath this. <clears throat> and uh, the door is this way a little bit more than this one is. And the, we have a piano back there, and then we have a dining room table. And between the piano and the dining room table, there's room for a chair and the card table. And when I have the door open, the kids don't even pay attention to what I'm doing. So I found that if they were down watching TV, I could still wrap Christmas presents, and they wouldn't know what I was wrapping. And so I just set up, I've wrapped down there for years. That's where I do all the wrapping for Christmas presents. That's great. <laughs> and then I just have a place that I go stick them away, and nobody knows where they are. Yeah. But that's, yeah. That's a lot of shopping. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing your experiences and testimony with our award. And I will put this up, and we, we appreciate that you were willing to share. Okay. And to get to know you better. So thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, we've had a lot of fun in this ward. 
we've always had the great great neighbors, still do. Mm-hmm. The only one that I disappointed in is the one next door. <clears throat> did you? I don't think you ever knew Ida Dreyer. Did